Which syndrome was discovered by VIP scientists named Werner and Morrison in 1948 and known as pancreatic cholera due to its triad of watery diarrhea, hypokalemia, and achloridia? The answer to these questions is a VIPoma, hypersecretion of vasoactive intestinal peptide, also known as VIP, or VIP, is like having excessive water pressure leading to a burst pipe with uncontrollable water leakage. The only way to stop the leakage is to turn off the water. Similarly, for a Vipoma, the mainstay of treatment is to turn off hormone production. Today, our patient has a Vipoma, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Intro Network, a podcast written by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled, An Uncontrollable Leak. A vipoma is a rare neuroendocrine tumor, which most commonly originates from pancreatic islet cells. The age at diagnosis is usually between 30 to 50 years old. In adults, vipomas are found in the pancreatic tail in over 75% of cases, However, other VIP-secreting tumors have been reported. Vasoactive intestinal peptide, aka VIP, is a 28-amino acid polypeptide, which has multiple roles in the gastrointestinal system. One of its main roles is adhering to receptors on intestinal epithelial cells and activating adenylate cyclase and C-AMP production. This ultimately leads to water and electrolyte secretion into the lumen, specifically potassium, bicarbonate, and chloride, leading to secretory diarrhea and hypokalemia. VIP also induces smooth muscle relaxation and bone resorption, inhibits gastric acid secretion, and enhances glycogenolysis. This leads to skin flushing of the head and trunk, hypercalcemia, hyperchloridia, and hyperglycemia. A vipoma should be considered in patients who have a high volume of unexplained secretory diarrhea quantified as more than 700 milliliters per day. Note that 70 to 80% of patients can have a stool volume exceeding 3 liters per day. The diarrhea can be intermittent, unfortunately, potentially delaying diagnosis by years. So what symptoms does a patient with a vipoma typically present with? The hallmark findings of vipomas include watery diarrhea, hypokalemia, and achloridia due to inhibition of gastric acid secretion. Many conditions have a similar presentation, including gastroenteritis caused by E. coli or Vibrio cholera, microscopic colitis, inflammatory bowel disease, laxative abuse, bile salt malabsorption related to abdominal surgeries, and carcinoid syndrome. Therefore, while conducting your history and physical exam, it is important to keep these differential diagnoses in mind. Your first step in any patient encounter will be to assess whether your patient is stable or not. What is their mental status in GCS? Are their ABCs stable? What are their vitals? As discussed previously, patients tend to present with chronic watery diarrhea, which leads to a state of profound dehydration and various electrolyte abnormalities. Once you have established your patient is not in imminent danger, you can move forward with your assessment. On history, 
it is important to elicit the quality, quantity, and duration of secretory diarrhea, which tends to occur in a non-fasting state. Stools are usually tea-colored and odorless, with volumes of more than 700 milliliters per day. In severe cases, patients will have non-specific symptoms, including lethargy, nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain, related to significant hypokalemia and dehydration. Many patients can also present with flushing, similar to that seen in carcinoid syndrome, during episodes of diarrhea, due to the vasodilatory effects of VIP. Furthermore, in 5% of cases, vipomas can be associated with MEN1 syndromes and occur in association with parathyroid, pituitary, and adrenal tumors. Therefore, it is important to obtain a thorough family history of endocrine disorders. On physical exam, some patients with severe and chronic disease may appear lethargic and usually present with signs of profound dehydration, such as dry mucous membranes, decreased skin turgor, tachycardia, tachypnea, and hypotension. In severe cases or delayed presentations, patients can present with altered mental status and generalized weakness. In patients with a suspected vipoma, initial laboratory investigations will likely reveal hypokalemia, metabolic acidosis, hyperchloridia, hyperglycemia, and possibly hypercalcemia. Hypercalcemia may be related to coexisting hyperparathyroidism as part of a MEN1 syndrome or to hyperalbuminemia caused by dehydration. There may also be acute kidney injury present in the context of ongoing prerenal insults. The diagnosis is established by obtaining a serum VIP concentration of more than 75 petagrams per milliliter. A single elevated VIP level should be confirmed with a repeat measurement. After the diagnosis is made, multiple different imaging modalities, including CT or MRI of the abdomen, can localize the tumor and help with disease staging. Around 50 to 75% of these tumors are malignant, and 60 to 80% of vipomas are metastatic at diagnosis. If cross-sectional imaging is inconclusive, then endoscopic ultrasound and or somatostatin receptor scintigraphy, such as gallium 6-8 dotate scan, can be used to identify the primary tumor and metastases, as well as assess candidacy for treatment with peptide receptor radionuclide therapy with lutetium-177. After the diagnosis is made, the goals of treatment include aggressive volume resuscitation and correction of electrolyte abnormalities due to chronic secretory diarrhea. Patients may require further monitoring in a critical care unit based on their hemodynamic status and risk of cardiac arrhythmias. The mainstay of treatment is surgical resection of the pancreas through a distal pancreatectomy. However, over half of patients will have metastases to the lymph nodes, liver, kidneys, and or bones at initial diagnosis. If complete surgical resection is not feasible in these cases, then surgical debulking can also aid in symptom management. The median survival of patients with vipomas is approximately 96 months. If there is evidence of metastatic disease at diagnosis or surgical resection is not an option, 
Then somatostatin analogs are the first-line treatment for symptomatic management through inhibition of VIP. Patients can be started on a short-acting dose of bacteriotide, 50 to 100 micrograms, subcutaneously every 8 hours, which can be rapidly transitioned to a long-acting formulation, such as octeriotide long-acting repeatable, LAR, or lanreotide, which is given once a month to optimize symptoms. Somatostatin analogs are generally well-tolerated. However, common side effects include nausea, abdominal discomfort, bloating, and fat malabsorption. Other alternative agents include glucocorticoids, clonidine, and lipiramide, which are generally reserved for patients who are refractory to somatostatin analogs. Liver-directed therapies, specifically radiofrequency ablation, should be prioritized to address liver metastases in the absence of bilobar involvement, compromised liver function, or extensive extrahepatic metastases. Further adjuvant medical therapies include tyrosine kinase inhibitors, mTOR inhibitors, and over the last few years, peptide receptor radionuclide therapy with lutetium-177, which have significantly changed the prognosis of vipomas and other pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors. Did you know that peptide receptor radionuclide therapy with lutetium-77, also known as 177 Lou Dotate has been proven to improve progression-free survival? The Netter-1 trial, conducted by Strosberg et al. in 2017, demonstrated that treatment with 177-Lou Dotate resulted in significantly longer progression-free survival and a higher response rate than high-dose octeriotide LAR among patients with advanced mid-gut neuroendocrine tumors. Among the 177-Lou Dotate group, the estimated rate of progression-free survival at 20 months was 65.2%, compared to 10.8% in the octeriotide LAR group. Hopefully, we will find a solution to this uncontrollable leak one day. listening to today's episode entitled An Uncontrollable Leak, The Approach to a Vipoma. This episode was written by Dr. Tiffany Mack, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Vincent LaRoche, endocrinologist, and Dr. Morale Koulian, general internal medicine. The Internetwork series was created by Alison Lai and co-developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karanopoulos. This episode was recorded and produced by Zara Morali. Music by Laxman's Vantha Mohan. If you liked this episode, please like and subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out our website, theinternetwork.com, for a beautiful infographic on this topic. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.